What's poppin', what's poppin', what's poppin'? Welcome, Nikki and Moose. I'm Nikki. That's Moose. What's up, Moose? What up, y'all? And we have a very special episode. We have another guest, okay? I mean, tech founder. I'm talking mm. about building a marketplace for the culture, people. Hold on, let me... Th- Come on. For the culture, okay? An innovator. We're going to be talking about how to even start your own marketplace, how to build your personal brand and a business brand, how within the marketplace space, how do we how do we make money from that? And then the life of a micro influencer. We're going to talk about it's a lot. I couldn't even put it all into the intro. It's just too much. Oh, most who are we talking about? Well, first off, a former and more recent creator of the week. Just a little hint. Facts. Uh, we talking about we talking about the one and only y'all, uh, uh, Jordan Weaver. Y'all, stay tuned for this. I had to give it. I have to get. I had to get the air horn. Let's just let's just get into this intro. Two kids from Queens, cut from a different cloth. Now joining forces, helping you to elevate your personal brand. Yeah, I'm talking about Nikki and Moose, bringing you a never before seen perspective into the mindset, the mentality, the behaviors, the driving force, but more importantly, the stories behind the people and brands that you know and love the most. And of course, you know this episode is powered by Ecamm Live, the number one all-in-one streaming platform that not only allows you to stream on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, you name it, it could do it, but it's amazing for pre-recorded videos as well. Like us, the podcast, it does video isolation, audio isolation, transitions, text, you name it, it could do it, and we're giving away 14 days for free if you go to www dot nickymoose.com slash ecam that's e-c-a-m-m and get that 14 day trial now let's just bring in our guest a former creator of the we speaking things into existence people okay this is just this this is another one we did one before this is our second creator of the week come on jordan what's up jordan it's How are you feeling? I'm excited to be here. How are you? I'm. I'm. I just want glasses like you. For our v- video, our audio listeners, you need to go check out the video because our glasses are fire, and they may be in the marketplace. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where mm, you got them. That's it. a good black question. Home, but I need to find some black on. Uh, but they're coming. <laughs> oh, we'll t- we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Hold on, Moose. What are we doing? Man, I'm excited for this. Y'all know a couple of weeks ago, I came across Jordan's platform and I said, oh, this is nice. We should just feature this. Honestly, didn't think much of it. Uh, a couple of days ago, Nikki sends me a screenshot and it's Jordan responding to like, hey, thank you guys. Thank you so much for featuring me. And boom, interview is set up. So uh, this is great. Again, thanks for being here. But let's get into it, man. Give us a little bit of a backstory about you know, for those who don't know or maybe didn't watch the episode or didn't look deeper into the platform that you've established, um, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you got going on. Hello, I'm Jordan, as mentioned, and I'm the founder of Forefront. And right from the core, my mission is to really build Black wealth. That is what I'm all about. And really, I, I started Forefront really when I saw 
the need and just the desire to bring Black brands to the forefront. That's literally how I got the name. And what that means is I really see Black businesses becoming household names, becoming the, the household brands that we love and support and that are recognized across the globe. And that was really the vision that I had back in 2017. Um, and that's really what started Forefront, what it is today. So essentially what we are, we're in a marketplace that connects Black-owned businesses with influencers and shoppers for affiliate partnerships. And really our goal is to really bridge the gap and level the playing field for Black brands and creators to earn and thrive in this $16 billion creator economy. It's huge. Um, but I really mm. just saw a lot of opportunity to really merge this with the buy black industry. A lot of people are talking about supporting black owned businesses. We understand what that can really do for our community, but I didn't really see um, an opportunity for black brands to really thrive in this influencer marketing space. And of course, the climate of social media, like for a brand to really succeed, they need that social proof. They need influencers talking about them. So that was really the birth of Forefront and really um, merging it with this creator economy. So essentially what Forefront is, is a marketplace where people are able to discover and shop um, dope Black-owned brands and also get paid to share them online. So essentially anyone can become a paid creator um, just to really support and uplift Black-owned brands. So that's a little bit of Forefront and my mission, um, but really just been about just building Black wealth and Black entrepreneurship since 2017. So um, that's, wow. <laughs> that's fire now like what you kind of mentioned it a little bit like 2017 but like what sparked that like in my mind when i hear what you do you the plug like you you <laughs> really are the plug you're like yo you're dope i know some dope people who follow me and whatever let me create this platform which i'm which we're so going to break down, but yeah. like what sparked that? Because people, I think, don't value being the plug. And you were like, I'm creating a whole platform off of it. So talk yeah. talk about that. I love that you said the plug because my one of my good friends, she gave me the title. Jordan, you're the black business plug. Talk um, about so it. Literally on my social media, I'm sharing black owned businesses, people when they're looking for black businesses, they come, hey, Jordan, do you know any black businesses that do this? So I, I love that title. I, I, I proudly wear that title of being the black business plug. But literally how it started back in 2017, I was in college. I went to an HBCU, um, North Carolina Central University. Very ironic. It was five minutes away from Black Wall Street in Durham, North Carolina. So just sitting on campus and really kind of just learning, trying to figure out what my mission was, what I was here to do. And I really just began to get really passionate about Black wealth and understanding, like, hmm, just where, what is the state of the Black community and how can we really improve? I actually remember working at P.F. Chang's at the time, and Lily was a host, just sitting at the hostess stand. I'm like, why aren't there any Black-owned businesses to this caliber that I know about, right? right. You, know, you go mm -hmm. to the mall, you go to a restaurant, just there are no Black-owned businesses that we can easily support. And I really just began to draw that correlation between supporting Black businesses and Black entrepreneurship and building Black wealth. And you can look at that through Black Wall Street in Tulsa, Black Wall Street in Durham. And there, there were tons of Black Wall Streets across the country. But really what that did for our community, that was really the staple for us to generate wealth and support our communities. We had schools, we had doctor's offices, we had banks. We still do have those things, but that was really the core and the engine for our communities and to build that wealth. So, of course, looking at 2017, I'm like, well, what happened? And then I remember hearing the statistic that 
it was by Forbes that in 2053, the black wealth rate was going to reach 0%. And I just felt a, mm. something striking me. Jordan, you got to do something to change this. Like, this is what you need to do. Um, I literally could not sleep just understanding, like, zero. What did they say? What did they say that was contributing to that? Um, really just ownership. Like we won't be, we won't own anything in terms of wealth, just land, just that's really what it comes down to is ownership. We can have a lot of, you know, liabilities, but when it comes to assets, that's really like the main thing, um, business ownership, you know, all that kind of thing. So that's really the main thing. But once I heard that, I was like, okay, I believe, I strongly believe that supporting black owned businesses is where black wealth starts and ends. Um, so that's really where I decided to start a marketplace. Black, back then it was called the Black Market Company. And that was really just a place to make it easier for people to shop and discover black owned brands because I knew these brands existed, but they just weren't at the forefront. People didn't know about them. They didn't get the support. They didn't have the funding to really reach mainstream. So that was really my mission at that point in time, just to really create a place to make it easier. So that was 2017 and I was really building that since like 20, until 2019, that's when I graduated college and, you know, right before the pandemic happened. And I wanted to really understand business and how to really build a scalable company. Um, I had a huge vision. I wanted this to be something innovative. I didn't want this just to be something um, that didn't exceed just, you know, my local community. I wanted it to be something that people um, could support all across the globe and find Black-owned businesses all across the globe. So wanted to figure out how to do that. So I decided to actually go get my master's in innovation entrepreneurship. And that was really mm. just because I wanted to really understand just the business world. I wanted to develop that network. Um, so I went to UC Irvine and that was just really a great experience just to understand what it takes to build these huge conglomerates, these tech companies. What does that, what does that take? So that's really where Forefront was developed during my time at UC Irvine. And I, I saw that there was a huge boom. People wanted to support Black-owned businesses more. This is like, you know, during the George Floyd movement and just, you know, all that madness that was happening in 2021. And um, during that same time, that's when the influence of marketing industry, especially Black creators, were really coming out and saying, hey, you know, it's not fair. What's happening to us? We're not getting paid what we're worth. We're not getting credit. And I was like, hmm influencers like that's a huge thing like you know that's a huge opportunity for brands to get that exposure and that brand awareness and when you look at like hip-hop and you know our influencers whether they're social media influencers or celebrities they are literally the influencers that are telling us what's popping what's hot so if we have influencers sharing and supporting and uplifting black-owned brands um i feel like that's what we need so that's really how forefront was birthed um really just at the intersection of the creator economy and the buy black movement Mm-mm-mm. man jordan um i'm pretty sure we're gonna be best friends after this this is this is awesome now Thank you. Y- so, yeah because you know what immediately what comes to mind is timing right we talk a lot about timing introducing a product or a service or a technology in this case at a time in which the marketplace is ready for it and you talk about the creator economy boom the uh, George Floyd movement, all of, all of those things. I mean, perfect timing for it to all come together. So talk a little bit about the importance of timing and then also what was the next step that you took to get that process started? Yes, timing is everything. And I knew I had a huge vision from the get-go. 
back in 2017, I was a sophomore in college. Like I said, I felt like God was calling me to do this huge thing. I felt like it was up to me. Of course, there were other people building and doing dope things in this space as well. But, you know, I think I, I just felt really called to it. And when I think about, when I look back, I was kind of frustrated because I'm like, okay, I have this thing. It's not getting off the ground yet. Like, is it me? Like, what what is the issue here? Like, this is something that I know our community needs. I know is a dope idea, but I was struggling trying to put the pieces together. So I, I do believe that it was really a timing thing. I do believe that like, this is a perfect timing for it. But if I were to start Forefront back in 2017, it wouldn't have been what it is today. It wouldn't have been as important because influencers weren't really that big of a deal. Social commerce wasn't really, you know, that big of a deal back then. Even buying black wasn't that big of a deal. So mm-hmm. I think timing is perfect. And I think one of the biggest things that I've had to learn as an entrepreneur, when you have a vision, that does not mean that you need to go ahead or it's going to, you know, work itself out right then and there. Like there's times that you really have to just learn and grow and evolve as an entrepreneur, meet different people and really study the landscape of the market and see what's missing, see what's needed. So I think timing is definitely perfect for what's happening right now. Um, Just as I mentioned, just the creator economy um, just reached $16 billion last year. And I'm like, that is like, that's insane. Um, You know, huge opportunity, but then also, you know, we're talking about the buy black space and how important people, how people are really just making that a priority to support black owned businesses and understanding our power. So I think timing right now, I think timing is everything. Um, And you really have to, understand the market and what you're building and the problem that you're solving and saying, okay, well, this is the perfect time because of, you know, black creators are coming out and they're looking for a solution to help them earn and thrive. Black businesses are looking for the exact same thing. So how can we bring them mm-hmm. together? What's missing in the market right now um, that we can feel to really help these people in this side of the market. So timing is everything and really just understanding the landscape that you're building in. Nice. And so what, what was the next step? Sorry, Nick. What was the next step as far as now taking this idea into some level of development? Right. So next step. So as I mentioned, I went to UC Irvine just to kind of learn more about just entrepreneurship, innovation, how to build a scalable startup. So just getting that access to just resources and mentorship was key because it really helped me to understand how to break down an idea. Like, okay, I have this huge vision for what I want it to be, but I know I can't start it there. So how can I get started and take those like baby steps to get there? Um, so that's really, I started to do a lot of just different startup programs. I've done like Techstars, Founders Catalyst program and just different startup incubators just to really help me just get just the insight that I need to build this thing. Um, and so I learned there's this thing called an MVP, which is like a minimum viable product. And that's really like your first iteration. Um, a lot of times, Unfortunately, a lot of just people in our community, we have ideas and we're not, um, we don't have the insight or the resources or the knowledge and that capacity to know. We don't have to build that thing right away. We don't have to, you know, start with a large thing. We can start smaller, build something that's a little bit more cost effective, and then we can test the market. So that was really one of the most valuable things that I've learned is just like testing the market. So I learned, you know, the power of building an MVP. Um, which is essentially what Forefront is right now. I'm like that's essentially our MVP, our first iteration in the market and using that to really test things out, what works for the brands, what works for the creators and what do they need um, to really, you know, meet their bottom line and how can we, you know, help them to do that. So that was really the next step was just building the MVP. 
Um, so like I said, I did a lot of just different startup programs and just had access to resources and mentorship to really help me get to that next stage of launching and getting this thing going. All right. I got, I got, I got to ask, I got to ask, like, how do, how do you start a marketplace? Like, is like, what website, what, what tools, applicate, what is, how do you even think of that? Like, is it just saying, Hey, let me get on Wix. Hey, you want to partner? I'm blast your, your logos and, and link to your store. Like what, what does it take to, to, at least from a beginning stage to start a marketplace? Yeah. So thank God for Shopify. Cause that's Come really. On. <laughs> we love Shopify over here. Shopify sponsors. This yes, is the second. Yes. So back Shopify is definitely, you know, what's allowed me to build Forefront. Um, we're building shop, uh, building Forefront on Shopify. So um, that really made things a lot easier because, you know, within Shopify, they have a lot of just different tools and three third-party apps and things like that to really bring, bring your vision to life. So, of course, Shopify is really mainly used for, like, commerce brands and, you know, brands to sell their products on. So, you know, we did have to do a little bit of digging to really build the marketplace that we wanted because, yeah, we have different brands on the platform, but we also want to make it seamless and as easy as possible for them to, for them to get on, upload their products. So mm-hmm. we're definitely, you know, leveraging a lot of just third party tools. But, um, you know, I think overall, going back to the MVP and just understanding that it doesn't have to be everything right in the beginning. Right. That was something that really helped me a lot once I got that concept together, because it would have taken me years to get what I want off the ground. Um, So just really leveraging different tools and just doing your research on what is out there. There are a lot of no code tools. I even tried to use like Bubble um, and Mm -hmm. just different things like that. And it just wasn't working out because I don't have that skill set. But once Mm -hmm. I learned who do have that skill set, it really just made things a lot easier. But Shopify is definitely what I'm using right now. It's a lot. It's easy because people, everyone kind of is used to Shopify, whether you Shopify or Wix, it's all kind of very similar on just how the experience is. So that's what we use. And we just upload the brands and their products into the platform. And we also are leveraging Shopify collabs to make it easier for, you know, us to connect the brands and the influencers, but also allow them to get those affiliate commissions. So we're being really scrappy with it. Um, it was definitely. Is it just you? Is it just you? Like setting up the Shopify because you're saying us so yeah, I want to hear yeah. like <laughs> no, what, so what are we talking have, about yeah so it was not just me as I mentioned that is not my skill set that is not my zone of genius right, right. <laughs> so I did um, meet somebody his name is Alton he's been really helping us with our Shopify and just everything he's huge on e-commerce and really just that's his lane um, so he's really building everything as far as the marketplace that that is you know his skill set right there so um, leaned into just other people with that skill set just to really help bring that to life. And I think that's really important. So, so you outsourced. So you yeah, outsourced. outsourced. Yes. So Talk about outsourced. Yes. Um, we're actually looking to bring him in on the actual team and like share equity. Cause I'm like, look, if you can do it and you know, there's no reason that I can't bring you on into, you know, allow you to really grow and help us grow as well. So um, yeah, outsourcing is key. I actually made a video about that recently. Like, if you're a solo entrepreneur trying to do everything on your own, like that, that's not the vibe. <laughs> Get mm-hmm. somebody, you have to pay somebody. Like it's so much more worth it. If I was trying to figure it out myself, who knows when we would have launched. So yeah, outsourcing is key. I love that. 
Man, that's powerful. I you mentioned it briefly, but I want to I want you to go back into that because you said you don't code, you don't have coding experience, right? But you still are the founder of a tech company, and I think more people in our community need to know about that. But I I want you to dive in into a little bit about the incubator experience, the mentorship that you receive from there, because right now learning on the internet is very popular, but I feel that incubators predate internet knowledge. In a sense, and and it's still valuable nonetheless. So just just talk a little bit about that because I think that's a whole nother world that not a lot of us have really explored. Yeah, well, that was just key. Um, I, one thing that I'm learning and why I think it's so powerful, like these type of incubators, like there are you know, amazing like the YCs of the world and tech stars who are really kind of creating these huge tech companies like the Ubers and Airbnbs and things. So they really do have a blueprint as to how to build these scalable, venture-backable companies. Um, and I wanted to learn that. Like, you know, I didn't really see a lot of Black tech founders in general, but Black women tech founders. So I wanted to learn that. I knew that I wanted that skill set. I wanted to learn those skill sets to build this type of company. So going into those different environments and just learning, you know, the lean startup model and how to really build things from scratch and just very lean and really talking to customers. And that's really one of the biggest things that I've learned, like the lean startup methodology, which really simply means talking to customers and how to get as much information from them as possible before you spend thousands of dollars, before you go and raise money, just to make sure you have a viable product that people want and that Mm. people are willing to pay for. So that was just key, Um, just understanding how the importance of talking to customers. It's not just like, you know, doing surveys here and there, but it's literally like, what do you need? How did you feel when you, you know, went through this experience? Like really just talking to them. And that's something that I think is extremely valuable, Um, especially when you're building in a competitive market. If people can trust you and they have that kind of relationship with that brand, they're going to trust you over a competitor. So it just gives you so much insight. But those those incubators um, were really key to just getting forefront to where we are because it puts you in an environment with other founders who are also building, who are also fundraising, have different experiences and different industries that can really help you. So those have really been key to just just understanding what this is and how to really even build a company. Because of course you can get on YouTube and different things like that. Um, but this was those are really just my my school or just how I gained the knowledge to really get to um, where we are right now. Are you gonna do your own incubator for black mm. owned businesses? I like that. You know? So that is definitely in in the future for sure. I mean, I, as I mentioned, like I'm huge on entrepreneurship and innovation. I believe that is the key for us to really build and sustain wealth in our communities. When you think about just these huge conglomerate and these tech companies and just the type of income and the revenue that they're bringing in and the people that they're making rich from these venture capitalists who are investing in them right imagine if we had something like that for black brands and just black founders in general because our people are literally the most innovative we really we are literally just the start of innovation when you look back at just some of the world's most you know innovative inventions created Mm -hmm. by black people right we don't know that because you know they try to hide it but our people naturally are innovative, right? So we really just need those resources and that access to knowledge to really build these companies up. So that's definitely something in the future. Um, Yeah, that I definitely want to do just to really just make it easier for us to fund our ideas, 
to build our ideas and to just get that support. So, yeah. I love that. Now, now for my real question, uh, and, and maybe this is getting too much into the pockets, but how does the plug make money? Mm. Okay. Can we talk like, I listen, I, we're, we're both very servant people. Like we love to help the people. We love to help people grow and things like that, but we ain't trying to be starving artists in this place. And so can you uh, let the people know how, how does the plug, how does a marketplace, how does the person who has all the connections, uh, what is the model of making money for you? Not necessarily even in the marketplace or if it has to do with the marketplace. Yeah. We, we take a percentage. There's a toll fee. You feel me? There is a toll. Mm -hmm. Like talk to us about that. Yeah. So within the marketplace, we, I guess there's like a marketplace model that we um, subscribe to essentially where um, as people come into the marketplace and make purchases, we of course take a percentage of that. So that's really one of the main ways we're making money as well as um, within the marketplace, brands also pay to be on the marketplace. So there's a monthly subscription. We have two separate subscriptions. The first one's $14.99, which really allows the brands to get their own personalized store and really begin to sell in our marketplace, get access to you know affiliates, unlimited amount of affiliates, as well as you know matches to influencers. Like that's like the huge thing that brands are joining forefront for is the access to influencers and those partnerships. So that's the first one. And the, the second subscription model is really the same thing. However, brands are able to get access to monthly influencer matches. Um, and so that's really key because brands are looking for user-generated content. They're looking for, you know, a better route, a cheaper route to really begin to work with influencers because influencer marketing is expensive. It's a, you know, heavy price point, especially in the beginning when you have to pay thousands of dollars for a post and send them your product. And, you know, a lot of brands can't afford to do that, especially if they don't know that there is going to be an ROI. So that's really what makes Forefront special is really just allowing them to have access to influencers, but for affiliate partnerships. And so that's really a great way for brands and influencers, especially who are kind of just getting started, those emerging brands who wanting to grow and get that visibility, but don't have thousands of dollars just to throw out um, for influencer marketing. And then for influencers, especially those emerging ones, but you know, it's a great way for them to continue to just grow and monetize off of their audience by sharing products. So, um, yeah, that's really how we make money is through the marketplace model, just like the subscriptions and um, as well as sales commissions. Mm, OK, Wait, quick, quick follow up, quick follow up mm -hmm. on that, because I just realized, even though you said it like four times, like you have a, you have multiple audiences. You have not only like people who just want to support black owned businesses or just may really like what's in the marketplace, but you also are attracting influencers who need like the, uh, to get paid for content for user generated content, but also brands to be like, Oh, you're, you got influencers here. So that's, that's amazing. Now from a influencer side, uh, was, what's that pay looking like that? What's it? What's what's the bag looking like? Yeah. So with influencers, great question. So right now we have influencers earning a ten percent commission off of um, the products that they sell, and then there's also an opportunity for them to get paid from that user generated content. So when we match a brand with an the influencer, they're able to, of course, 
get that partnership and the influencers are creating content, but the brands don't necessarily have rights to that. So the brands are able to pay to have access to that UGC so they can run it for ads, put it on their your their website or their Instagram pages, however they want to use it. Um, so the brands are also able to pay that and the influencers are going to pay that price, give them their prices and get paid through that. Um, so that's essentially right now how they're, they're able to get paid. And we definitely do plan to kind of up that um, number, especially as the platform grows and just having different tiers. So of course, there are some influencers that have, you know, a little bit more engagement, larger audiences, and they're able to sell a little bit more. So yeah, they may be able to get a larger commission than, you know, someone who's just getting started. So that's definitely something that we have planned in the future. I like that. Wow, wow. Okay, so as the relationship plug, right? I imagine it's important to attract different networks of people. As Nikki said, you have multiple audiences. What are, what are some relationship tips you could you could shed or share with the people for how to do that, right? And this is why we wanted to really expand on both your personal brand and your business brand to help stimulate the growth there. So when building relationships, I think it's just very clear to understand the value that you can bring. So I think a lot of times people are looking to expand their networks and their relationships because of what that person can do for them. But I think it's always important to understand the value that you bring to the table and kind of leading with that, you know, because everyone is looking for a come up, right? Everyone's looking to kind of get put on. But, you know, I think it's really important. I think it allows you to stand out and a little bit more genuine when you're saying, hey, I want to help you do this or I'm here. This is what I can support you with. Um, so whenever I'm reaching out to just different brands that are, you know, doing something similar or just in this space, the creator economy or the buy black industry, or just people are just doing dope things. I would say, like, how can I support you? What can we do together? How can we leverage what we're both doing to see each other win? Because that's really what it's all about. So I think leading with that is always key. You're always going to win because somebody once you support somebody, um, they're going to look for ways that they can support you or they're going to remember that. When they're in rooms with other people, they're going to mention you and bring you up. So I think that's just the main thing, just being genuine um, in your approach and just making sure you're understanding your value. Because a lot of times, especially in the day and age that we're in, like a lot of people are just looking to come up, but they're not looking to bring other people up. So, it, you know, that kind of gets annoying, you know, so just being the person that can really be the plug in some way, whether it's just sharing you know, a resource or sharing a connection or sharing somebody's business, whatever the case is, people love that. People love that support and essentially they'll return it. So I think that's the key when building relationships, just being key, um, being clear on your vision or your value that you can bring to that person and everything else comes together. All right, let's, 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 let's get transparent real quick. Let's just, let's get transparent. Meaning, uh, Startups are not easy, right? As entrepreneurs, uh, we hear the ups and the downs about the startup situation. When it comes to your journey, what are some things that you're like, yo, this this almost took me out. I ain't gonna hold you. This, this lack of support, this uh, situation, this partnership, whatever, this almost really took me out. And I didn't take account for this like let's let's talk about not the i wouldn't say the dark side of the startup yeah. but not like the gray kind of mm. not not so bright side of it you feel me yeah um startups are 
are, are special for sure. They're, they're not easy, but I think um, one thing that I will say is a challenge that I'm definitely facing right now is really like, okay, you can't do this alone. You cannot do this by, by yourself. Like, especially if you have a huge vision, it's more than just for you, right? You have to bring other people on. Um, so I'm learning like where my skill sets are and where I need to bring other people in. So as I mentioned, technology is not my, my strong point. So we're bringing somebody in that can really take over that and really I can lean into for that. So that's one of the main things. It's just understanding your skill sets and being open to bringing other people in, right? Because especially if you're building a startup and you plan to get venture capital funding, like you have to give up some equity. Like you're not keeping 100% of that. And you have to be open to, especially people who are believing in your vision early on, you have to be open to giving them a piece of the pie, right? That's what's going to make them want to stay um, and really just build this thing with you. So just building a team and being clear on what you need and finding the best people that are suited to help you get to that point. Um, team, as anybody knows, whether you're building a startup or whatever the case is, like it's a whole relationship thing. Like It's like really a relationship, essentially a marriage sometimes. It really feels like mm -hmm. you're in a marriage and, you know, it's hard. And you have to understand that communication and understanding that, you know, it's not going to be easy. You're going to have conflict and you're going to have to really try to, you know, overcome that, right? Um, so that's one, been one of the biggest things that I've learned, just being able to lead a team, identify what type of people you need on your team and being able to, you know, clearly see if that person can help you get to that next step. So that's kind of where I am right now. But all right, it's time to start to build this thing out. I can't do everything. If this thing is going to run smoothly and all the different pieces, because as you mentioned, we do have different people that we're serving in our marketplace. Yeah. So having somebody that can really build um, you know, the influencer side and the influencer community, because we are very intentional about that, as well as the brands and just making sure that Forefront can really continue to show up and build our brand awareness as well. Have you taken I, on... Wait, wait, wait. Oh, wait. I was going to say... I go, hold yeah. on. I like... I like how she answered that, but she didn't answer that at the same time. Okay. She, I like okay, how she answered, but she didn't answer at the same time. I'm trying to... I'm trying to well, get those, like, were you disappointed? The reason why you're, str you're stressing on team is because like two, three people like stabbed you in the back were fun, super low. Like I need to, I need to hear that story real yeah. quick. Um, okay. I get what you're saying. You want the real, real. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. I want, I want, I want the people to be like, yo, this ain't, I can start a startup right now. Hold on, homie. Like, yeah. yes, you can, but put this into, to account too. Yeah, for sure. I haven't had any like crazy team stories or anything like that. Thank God. And hopefully, you know, not yeah, we're going to keep that way. Um, I have had experiences where it was a learning lesson, understanding that you can't just bring people on because they rock with the vision or they see it. Oh, it's dope. You really have to be able to assess what value that person can bring to your startup as well. So that's something that I've learned from the beginning. Um you know, people have reached out. Hey, I want to, you know, support, which, you know, I'm like, cool. Y'all want to help that. Um, and then understanding, all right, you know, it's cool to have help and support. But if it's help and support where you still have to kind of come back and, you know, follow up on this thing and, you know, clean up those loose ends, I might as well, done, I might as well do it myself. So, you know, really being able to, like, you have to be able to know what you need and know the right person for that. So I haven't had any like crazy experiences. I have had, 
you know, people joined the team and didn't really bring the value that I kind of expected or wanted or knew I needed at the time. But now yeah. I'm at the point like, all right, it's time to really bring some people who have this skill set, not just want to, you know, be a part of the vision. So that's one thing. I mean, also the funding part. So I'm bootstrapping right now. I'm not really that psyched about venture capital um, right now. I know later on, especially if I want to be this, you know, scalable startup, I'm going to have to take VC money. But right now, that's not what I want to do. So I'm bootstrapping. I'm still working a nine to five. And, you know, that all comes with its challenges, right? Um, so just being able to manage that time and understanding I do have this job that I need to work, but also, you know, I need to fund this startup as well. So, you know, that's one of the main things. A lot of people I know are building startups and they're doing that full time. And that's cool. I'm like, I like being able to, you know, live my life, but also be able to fund my startup. And I'll, I'm yeah. also working in a company that's, you know, in the startup um, ecosystem. So I'm doing what I love every single day, whether I'm in my startup or not. So it works out. But, you know, that's a challenge in itself is, you know, are we going to bootstrap this thing? Are we going to raise capital? Just all of that is a whole nother challenge. So those are like the two of the main things that I'm kind of where I am right now in terms of like the real real like all right, we, we really need to bring on some people that can really add value to the team as well as, all right, what's this funding situation looking like? <laughs> all right, there we go. There we go. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I'm glad you said that because I was just about to ask you, have you taken on any funding? But it seems like not, not yet or not at a substantial amount to really make a difference? Not yet. Um, so going back to the mission and the heart of what we're doing, it's all about black wealth, right? So when I think about venture capital, um, it's also like an iffy space right now. But I know for me, if, not if, but when I build this thing out all the way, I want to be able to create other black millionaires, right? So what that means is allowing people to invest in forefront in the early stages, getting some piece of the pie. And as we continue to grow and scale, these people have shares and equity in our company and they're able to, you know, make money when we sell or when we go IPO, whatever the case is. So that's the vision that I have. And, you know, VC is cool. And like I said, that's something that I am considering, but just not right now. So right now, what I'm focused on is possibly doing a crowdfunding, friends and family round or angel investing and going out for people who I know understand the mission. I don't want to have to knock on VC's doors and beg for their money and they don't even care about what we're building. That's not I'm very intentional about everything. If you're going to be on my cap table, you have to be all about what we're doing. You support the mission. So that's why I'm really leaning into that crowdfunding because it really allows our community to get a piece of the pie. Imagine being able to invest in Facebook at the early stages or, you know, Uber. We didn't have the opportunity, right? But now we do. So that's really where I'm focused on and just really just continuing to build our brand and our awareness and how we show up in the market. So when that time, when that time does come, People are able to invest and they're willing to invest. Mm. Uh, I like how you were like, you were saying the whole crowdfunding thing. Now, my my question, because the person who comes into mind when you say crowdfunding is Isaac Hayes III with, yes. with fan base. He's done an amazing job. Shout out to him uh, for that. I, I'm big on, I read this book, uh, Steal Like an Artist, right? which is phenomenal book. I'm so laid on it, but it, it yeah, have to. you have to read it. If you didn't yeah, read, it, read it, read it, read yeah, it. So 
it, it tells us kind of like, here's, here's our market and here's outside of our market. I'm going to take this from that. I'm going to take this from that. And then it's going to create pretty much my brand. Who has like inspired you? Cause I know Diddy just dropped a, a marketplace, which we'll talk about, but who has inspired you or a model that's inspired you? That's like, yo, the reason why Forefront is here is I took this from there. I took this from there. I took this from there. And I got some things on the cut based off other things that I've been inspired. Yeah, Isaac Hayes is definitely a huge inspiration and another reason why I'm really interested in crowdfunding because it kind of literally shows you you can raise $6 million without VCs. Like, it's something that can be done and he's making our people rich. You know, as he continues to grow and scale, we have a piece of that company. Um, so I think what he's doing is powerful. I love that he's taking that crowdfunding approach and showing people, uh, people, black people, black founders who are building this space that we do not have to take VC money. I think a lot of times in that, in this space, that is so pushed down our throats. You get on Twitter, everybody's talking about VC this and who raised this. And then they're also, you know, complaining that black founders aren't getting funded. Well, what do y'all expect? Right. But if you are really building something that people want, why wouldn't they be able to invest? Why shouldn't they? Right. So that's kind of, he's definitely a huge inspiration to what I'm building um, and I think overall, just going back to Black Wall Street, like that's something that I look back to. Like that is a huge inspiration when people had no other choice but to support us, you know, and what that really did for us. So that's a huge inspiration. I really want us to get back to that point. Um, and then there are a lot of other businesses um, in our communities that I really love. Um, of course, Slutty Vegan and Pinky Cola, like she's definitely a huge inspiration. And I always say she's the epitome of what I want to see other black businesses become. So she's definitely a huge inspiration. She's a household name, right? She's really, um, she uses this term like culturally innovation, cultural innovation. And I think she's, she's killing that. And that's definitely, you know, something that I want Forefront to be able to, you know, continue to do as well. So just different brands like that, that are really creating up space, taking up space, recognized across the globe. That's what I want Forefront to really be able to help you know, emerging brands to become like the black girl sunscreens, the actively blacks, like those are dope brands that I love that I see their mission and see what they're doing. And, yeah. you know, we would love to have them on forefront, but also want to see other brands reach the forefront like that. So those are definitely some of my inspirations. Yeah. Jordan, what, what lessons from the tech space and what you're building now as a startup, what lessons from there you feel are really transferable for personal brands? Like what, what can people take as they're developing their personal brand? What are some of those things that they can take from your journey and, and really see some success with? I would say really just building community um, and really just being intentional about that. When I say community, it's really just allowing people to understand who you are, what you're about how you can really serve them and, you know, help them to reach whatever goal and mission that they have. But I think ultimately just meeting their needs. I think that's the main thing that I've learned on this journey is like, you have to be solving a problem. You can have a dope idea, but if nobody needs it, nobody's willing to pay for it. It's just a cute idea. Right. So you really have to be able to, you know, identify a key problem that people are willing to pay for, like, you know, a solution that's innovative 
that's something that's different, but also you really have to be able to show and prove that people want it. Um, and regardless, even if you have an idea and you haven't quite found like that problem or that solution that people are willing to pay for, I think community also goes like goes back to that is you're able to connect with a group of people, have these think tanks and, you know, really understand, hey, what is it like being a merchant creator, a micro creator? What is missing in the market? So that's something that we've been able to really do. And even before Forefront launched, like we had creators like, yo, when are y'all launching? Like, I'm so excited for this. So like, that's what it's all about. It's just community, people who are here to support you and you're here to support them and uplift them. So I would definitely say like, Community is key and really just figuring out how you can build on top of that and what you can do with that um, is powerful. So I think overall, the biggest lessons I've learned is just really making sure you have a big enough problem that people are willing to pay for, that you can create an innovative solution that, you know, meets those needs. But also you're talking to customers on a daily basis. You're understanding who they are, what they need and you know, really being able to build that community. So I think those are like the three main things that any business needs to really succeed. You said Nikki's favorite word. So I know she's about to come with something now that you said community. So <laughs> no, 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 no. I was going like, a different saw, way. Okay, I no, going I, different I way. Like, oh, she said community. Uh Oh, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Normally it would trigger, but I actually, uh, I want, I want some smoke today. So meaning, uh, you, you speak highly on, on the micro influencer world. And I, I, I love that because, you know, as creators, we come in and we see the high celebrities, we see the million uh, followers and that whole nine and the brand deals and the sponsorships that they get. And it's like, yo, I have no, I have no way to make any kind of money in this creator economy. And, mm -hmm it's been proven time and time that brands have started to lean more towards micro influencers than anything else, because actually the ROI on the other side isn't super guaranteed. Now I'm going to ask you, what are micro influencers doing wrong in the creator economy? And even when it comes to your marketplace, that's actually hurting them from making a bag and really taking advantage of this micro influencer space, because we went over a report that, you know, yes, there's so many different streams of this creator economy, but still mm -hmm. one of the major uh, source of income is still brand deals, sponsorships and UGC. So what are they, what are they doing wrong? Jordan, what are they doing wrong? I would say what I'm seeing is going wrong or what I could see be more improved on our on our side of the influencers that we're working with is really, I think people are really chasing the bag. They want the bag so bad. So it's a brand reaches out, they might have, you know, a few different beauty brands reaching out and they want to work with them all because they're all cutting checks, right? Mm -hmm. And that's cool, but your audience sees that you're not true to that brand, right? You're yeah. talking about, you know, this skincare brand that you're using this week and then the next week you're talking about another one. So I think it's really about consistency and really being, I think that brand loyalty on the influencer side is going to pay off onto their supporters being loyal to them because they see it's real, it's authentic. They really rock with this brand. I think especially on the younger, or uh, I guess the earlier side, earlier stage is really about, you know, authenticity. 
right? People want to connect with you. And if you are able to showcase like your journey, like, hey, like I'm struggling with acne right now. And this one company that I've been using for months before they were cutting me a check, like this is really where it's at. This is really my true skin journey. So I think really just staying true and, and just really not kind of brand hopping and kind of chasing your bag. Of course, I know that's important, but your audience can see right through that. Your audience knows. Uh, all right. She was just talking about another brand this week. Which one really is working? Which one does she really use? Right. So all I right. just think just being um, having that brand loyalty to the brands that you already support and really trying to secure those deals versus you know, these huge brands that you're not even really using. So I think that's one of the biggest things. It's just like consistency and loyalty for sure. I got I got a quick follow-up. I got a quick follow-up. Has there any, like, based off how long you've been doing the marketplace or just in this space, is there any influencer story? I'm not going to say drop the name of the influencer or anything like that, that you were like, Hey, yo, we got to ban this person. This they they not <laughs> they not they not they gonna make us look bad. You feel <laughs> me? Like this is not what we trying to represent. They doing everything crazy. Like, do you have a story of that, or you're like, no, I have great influencers. They no, are great and they're amazing. We we are definitely you know we've experienced those bad things. I mean, there's people who signed up for our influencer program. Um, and it's not a bad thing, but it's not necessarily what our brand represents or even what other brands on our marketplace represents, but girl, she has an only fans and she just doing her thing, just like wilding on like her, her page. Yeah, yeah. And, like, that's good for brands that, you know, represent that. It might be a lingerie brand or like sex yeah. toys and stuff. Like that's cool, but that's not necessarily one what we have mm, on the side over here, so especially as we're building our brand. I think we do have to be very particular about that. So that's one. I don't think we banned her. I just don't think we gave her like a have further conversations. Yeah, like we that I, I don't even remember what happened with that because she was actually part of our lookbook before we launched the marketplace. Um, and then there was somebody else that came to mind when you asked that. Um, I forgot it, but I think that's the main thing. Like really, just. Kind of just not fitting the brand right now um, and just not something that I think Forefront represents in this point in time of like, understand like different brands, different folks, people have their own audiences and there are some, you know, adult entertainment brands that are looking for influences. So she'll be Absolutely. that. Um, but I would say, of course, just being a startup. and pay a lot of money. I don't yeah. know that. Don't don't y'all look at me and be like, Nikki, how you know this? I don't. I just <laughs> if you look how much that industry makes, it's a lot. Okay, so if that's your vibe, go ahead. I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> There's another one that I, I was thinking about. I cannot think of it right now, but oh, I, I got it. So there have been some like with our lookbook. So we had a lookbook that we launched back in September, which was kind of like our alpha, I guess you could say, um, before we started our marketplace. But that was really a place where we match brands and influencers from our lookbook. And there were some influencers who just were getting products and just didn't feel like they needed to post the products. And, you know, hey, this is a free product. Like, no, that's not what this was. So right. that was something that was a mistake on our end because, of course, we were early stage. We were, we were not thinking... Not that we weren't thinking about it, but there was very 
we are very limited on the things that we could control with that because lookbook, very minimum, right? So we weren't able to really see what brands were connecting with the influencers. It was kind of like a on their own type of thing. So, you know, that's something that we have improved now, but we have agreements and, you know, contracts where the influencer is signing. If this brand is sending me this product, I'm agreeing to the things that are, you know, listed in this contract. So I definitely understand that because a lot of emerging brands, like I said, they don't have just free products that they can just shift out, um, ship out and not get a return or not get a product or a post. So um, that's something that we're very intentional about now because we want to make sure the brands are getting what, what they're promised. Big facts. Really cool. Hey, Jordan, this is a part question, part suggestion if it doesn't exist. So uh, put me on the record for being maybe the innovator of this idea. I don't know. Hey. Maybe it's out there. But, <laughs> but I'm, I'm wondering, is there development or training for merchant and micro creators on forefront? You know, like, is that something that exists? Is that an idea of saying, you know what, we really want to help these people grow and, and succeed on our platform. And so we'll even provide you with some form of resource to help you do so. I don't know. Is, is that something? Is that something that yes. could work? What do you think? Am I, am I tech founders? Am I tech founder material or what? You definitely are tech founder material. For sure. That's definitely something that we are like in the process of building out, especially like for our influencers, because I always say the influencers are our bread and butter. You know, if the influencers are thriving and making money, the brands are. Right. So we want to make sure, especially because we know we're a sweet spot for micro creators and those who are just kind of getting started. So we really want to position them to make as much money as they can through our platform. So with that, we definitely want to continue to do more trainings and just offer resources and support. What is, you know, the best type of content look like? What kind of content can I create as an affiliate for this brand and how can I be consistent? Because, of course, again, going back, consistency is key. You, you can you know, be an affiliate for a brand, but if you're promoting three different skincare brands, you're not going to really make a lot of money because people don't know which one is real. So we definitely have some some things in the work where we're planning to really help bring the creators up as well as the brands because there are a lot of brands who are just looking to you know figure out this social media thing and how to really grow as well so that's definitely something we have planned i might just have i might just have a suggestion for you there's someone who i don't know i do a podcast with every week she got like some 100,000, she teaches people. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I just might, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. I just, I just figured I'd throw it out there. You know what I'm saying, Jordan? Right. <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. We're to have a conversation. Right, right, right. For sure. So, so look, uh, my my last question, I, I don't know where the time went on this one. This This was an amazing uh, conversation, Jordan. We appreciate you. Look, I want to, I want to know, I want to know what you're reading. Like, I want to know when it comes to whether we normally do branding and business, but we'll, we'll add the startup kind of books too into that. But three books that has really helped you in your journey that, uh, is almost a reason for the ideas that come in your head, the marketplace, just who you are. Three books. That's a great question. Three books. Um, one person, one book that I read that was so inspiring was Arlen Hamilton's It's About Damn Time. And um, she pretty much started her venture capital fund from the ground up. 
Um, she was homeless, living in LA. Um, and that book just really inspired me, just really just kind of showed me what is possible and what I can do just with the resources around me. So her story really inspired me and she's doing things that I'm really um, interested in doing in my future, like building some type of VC firm or studio incubator. So her story and just following everything that she's doing, she also has a um, online course that really kind of prepares people who are building startups and you know, trying to maneuver through the space. So Arlen Hamilton, she's definitely someone who I admire and look up to. Um, what else? I also read like a lot of like self-help books. One of my favorites is, um, what is it called? Let me not forget. Um, <laughs> the Seven Laws. It's been, a, it's been a minute since I picked it up, but it's called The Seven Laws of Spiritual Success. And that was yes. really just, yes, that's, one of my favorite books, because I think a lot of times as a founder, you can get in your head a lot. You can doubt yourself a lot. Just in general, like you kind of just get clouded by just all the things in life. And so reading that book really grounds me to it's not that it's not that deep. Like the law, I was just talking to someone about the law of detachment that they talk about in that book. And a lot of times people are just so they're chasing success. And it's so easy to just get so caught up and attached to what you're building that you don't even trust yourself, right? So that's really something that I've been leaning into. Excuse me, specifically that law of detachment is just understanding that you just got to trust yourself. Whatever you're building, whatever you're after, whatever you're you know going after, it's yours. You don't have to like be it at twenty four seven like this whole this hustle culture and how they really you know push that. Just trust yourself. Like it's coming. It's not going to happen overnight, but it's coming. So that's the second one. And a third one, what is another one? Um, that is something I definitely am working on is getting into more books um, for sure. Yeah. But those are like the top two that top I, two. especially the, 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 the spiritual laws of success. That's one of my, whenever I'm just kind of like lost and just really need kind of like an answer or something, I really get back into that book. It's a short read, but it really has so much value. Yeah, I read that every quarter. So I yeah, get it. I love that. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Well, hey, I have no more questions, Jordan. I just want to say thank you for jumping on here. I love what you're doing. It's clear that you have a mission focused movement and and it's something that is in the like for the wave of the future. You know what I'm saying? Tech based and all that. So it's 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 amazing to see. I think you're going to do incredible, incredible things. Um, please utilize myself and Nikki as a resource. We are in your corner. We are rooting for you. We want to see you do incredible things. So if we can be you know, on your side to help make that happen, please utilize. I kind of volunteered, Nikki. Nikki, I'm sorry if I just like you put did. You out it's all on, good. We're here. Yeah, I'm not just, We're here I'm now. Sorry, I have no I problem with it. I have yeah, no I problem with it. I figured you might not. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I just, I just wanted to ask after I said, you know, just in case. We, <laughs> I wanted <laughs> like, to ask oh, after I told yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but at least for myself, man, I, I definitely love what you're doing. So thank you so much for being on here with us. Thank you so much for having me. I mean, this is great. And um, I'm really, really looking forward just to staying connected with both of you all and continue to build this thing out. So thank you for the support, especially early on. It means a lot. Yeah. And this this is this is just amazing to just hear your story. Right. You know, we, we hear a lot of the success or the startups of just the actual thing. But just to hear your story as well is very inspiring. Now, I actually. I lied and said that was my last question, but this I got one more question uh, because we do have an audience of of people who are growing brands, right? Uh, what's 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 the requirement 
that one may be in this in this marketplace that they can have a chance to to be rocking with forefront be at the forefront so the biggest thing that we're looking for right now is product-based brands i know we do get some service-based brands apply right now we don't have a model that will work for them right now but that's something in the future but right now product-based brands whether you're a cpg brand and skincare hair care beauty fashion Anything that is a, is a product, you're able to apply and be on forefront. Some of the main things that we're looking for is kind of like that market validation in a sense. Like you are, you know, really building a brand and you're serious about it. You are building that brand awareness. You have people that support you and rock with you and just those loyal customers already that can really attest to what you're building and just the product that you have. Um, and just really just building a quality product. Like that's really the main thing that we want to have onto the platform. Um, so, yeah. You can um, check us out, apply, ForefrontATL.com, um, go to Four Brands, just learn more about just, you know, what you get for being at the forefront. And um, we would love to have you all join us. I like that. Now, a selfish question. Is it is it just black owned? Is it black and brown? Is it, is they're black and brown? I'm, I'm a mutt. I'm a mutt. So like I gotta I gotta go for my brown people a little bit. Yeah, is, it, sure. is there no. in the future at least? I love that question and thank you for asking. So that's definitely something in the future. Like I really see as a well, that's a huge opportunity because there's so many just dope Latina owned brands that you know I want to have on forefront. So right now, um, we're starting there, but that's definitely not where we're ending. And I definitely see a huge opportunity where we're really bringing on the dopest brands, um, you know, owned by people of color all across the globe. So definitely something in the future for sure. So, um, yeah. Bet, bet. Now, Moose normally does our our final words, but you're the guest of the day. So uh, let the people know where they can find you. And then some just last final words that you want to leave the people. Okay. Well, y'all can find me. Uh, my personal Instagram, Jordan the Goat, J O R D Y N D A G O A T underscore. And um, Forefront, you can find us anywhere, forefrontatl.com. Well, forefrontatl or forefrontatl.com. And any parting words, I would just say support and shop Black owned businesses. Um, I know it's something that kind of we talk about, but I don't think a lot of people understand what that really means. And so I guess I'll just leave with this, but I know that I saw something posted by the 15% pledge that if we all just support black owned businesses that can put $670 billion into the hands of black owned businesses. And that's a lot of money that can do a lot of things. So when we're talking about generational wealth and we're talking about, you know, um, just, just wealth building in general, I believe it starts and ends with supporting black owned businesses. And that's what it's all about. So I just say, you know, support Black-owned businesses, check out Forefront, come and shop with the dope brands that we have, and also get paid to share them on social media with the world. So that's really the last parting words that I had to say. And see y'all at the Forefront. Yay! (laughs) 